Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey, you guys, this is Josh. And Carolyn. With Homestead. Wait a minute, you don't sound like Carolyn. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Marlon. And Marlon, yes. With Homesteading Family, welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat Food for Thought. Hey, you guys, obviously, Carolyn's not here today. I'm really excited to introduce you to my good friend, Marlon Miller. He is the uh, founder and producer of Plain Values Magazine that we're going to talk about a little bit and also Room to Bloom, an organization that is working to help uh, families with special needs kids, right? Indeed. Did yeah. I say that? You get that right? Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some of these things today. He's also a homesteader and a family guy. And you and I met at the Modern Homesteading Conference this year. We did. I had heard about you and Carolyn from some uh, mutual friends. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, it, it just worked out great to be able to shake hands and, and, uh, and, just get to know each other. Yeah, it really has. It's been a blooming uh, friendship, but uh, I really wanted to share what Marlon is doing through Plain Values is something that I think you guys are going to love. And you know, we're all, we're digital. We're all connecting digitally with, with our audience, mostly digital products. We're on YouTube or the podcast or the website or wherever it is, but we all still value things you can hold in your hand. So I love good books. I love good magazines. I love what you're doing um, with this and sharing homesteading stories and inspiring all of us. And and you were telling me earlier, um, you know, we're so homesteading family is obviously a lot about the how to, right? Mm -hmm. The, the what and the how to get it done. But you guys are talking a lot about the why. Yeah. Right. And we need the why we need to remember and be inspired and why we're doing what a lot of us are doing. Yeah. That's, that's really uh, kind of the heart of what our work is about. It's easy to at times forget about the why and you get into the rut and you get into the routines and all of a sudden you it's it's good for you know for Lisa and I mm -hmm. to be reminded why it's important to yeah. uh, to do these kinds of things well and so. it's it's good for all of us because it's a it's a challenging life it is a challenging life we're bucking the status quo yeah. You know, we're giving yeah. up. People are giving up a lot of the modern conveniences. And so it's hard in a lot of ways. And then you add in some of your focus of, you know, taking on and, and helping people with challenges and, and, and kids and some of the things that are going on in your family, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. We need that why, that inspiration and that why to hold on to. Yeah, sure. it's, it's a blessing. Yeah. So before we go too far into that, um, Carol and I usually just talk a little bit about what's going on on the homestead, just the practical. So you're in Ohio, mm -hmm. right? And so what does homesteading look like for you right now as we're in fall? We are uh, kind of wrapping up the gardens. Uh, we have uh, a bunch of apple trees and Lisa has done, I don't know how many bushels of apples canned and frozen and 
there's all kinds. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. We have a bunch of animals, but the gardens are kind of wrapping up. And it's been good. It's been a good year. Has it, has it been? It yeah. has been a really good year. Just like across the board or any 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 like big wins or particular oh. successes? Was it the apples or was it eggs or was it anything that just, or was it just like? That's a good question. I don't, I wish Lisa was here. She could tell you. <laughs> I don't exactly know if there's any major things. I know that her garlic did really well this yeah, year. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. But yeah. Good. Good. What kind of animals are you guys? Oh boy. We have... Uh, some goats, we have pigs, we have uh, chicken, uh, we do meat birds and layers. Okay, uh, We, Yeah, there's there's a bunch. We have a couple lazy bassets that do nothing, uh, but it's it's good, it's fun. Lazy, but that just is <laughs> picturesque. They, they give you some sort of good entertainment. Yeah. Wilbur and Scarlet Wil take Wilbur care of- Wilbur the basset? Yeah, Wilbur <laughs> and bat, yeah, so yeah. If, if you're around our place, you'll, you'll hear Wilbur referred to as uh, yogurt. Our youngest son can't say the words uh, Wilbur, and so he calls him Yogurt. Yogurt. I don't know why, but he calls him Yogurt. Okay. So, right. just does, it, does he respond to Yogurt, the dog? Not really. Not really. Not really. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So. Cool. What's your, um, like, what's your favorite part of the homestead or that, that just that doing part of the life? Yeah. You know, is, yeah. Well, we, we got into homesteading because of our children, um, and, and the animals really were the focus because of therapy. Okay. And so Lisa, you know, has always wanted to do pigs and goats and, and things like that. And so we started out on that angle. And as the kids have grown up, uh, it has just been really good to, to bring them alongside. They can, you know, they're starting to help do some chores. Um, 13, 10, and five. Okay. And so they're they're really getting it's with our children, it's a slow process. Mm -hmm. They grow up rather slowly instead of very quickly. Right. So okay. yeah. And so so your entry into the homesteading life has to do with or it had to do. I mean, you had some background mm -hmm. with working with the yep. land and being on the farm, but but your yep. own as a family man, as a dad, you guys entered then the homesteading life as an answer to feeding some of the needs of your kids. Right, right, right. I, I your actually, children, some of our audience don't like it when we say kids, right? Those are goats. Right, anyways. I get that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. I actually grew up Amish. And uh, so I left, I say I left, mom and dad left the Amish church when I was five. Okay. And then uh, Lisa grew up, you know, on, on a small little, you know, place with a, a ton of animals around. And and uh, so our our children, uh, all have special needs, and it was a pretty natural uh, uh, a shift for us to in just incorporate the animals and the gardening into our family, and okay. it's it's been a real it's it's been a real joy. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about your journey with your kids, and your kids all have mm -hmm. um, autism, right? Well, our yeah. Our oldest right. one does. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the differences so much in the special needs. So that's, yeah. that's, um, but, yeah. but maybe back up a little bit at your journey. You're in Lisa's journey mm -hmm. and, and coming together and starting a family to get yeah. you where you are. Yeah. So, so we got to rewind here a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Lisa and I are married for 21 years. Uh, we adopted all four of our children. Our oldest is 20 years old. He just turned 20. Okay. Uh, Bryson lives in a group home, uh, now and he's on the, he's on the autistic spectrum. Um, our, our daughter is 13 and Adelaide has Down syndrome. Uh, our 10-year-old son, uh, little Benny, has Down syndrome. 
yeah. and is nonverbal uh, for the most part. He, he, he makes his point very, very well. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. But then our youngest son is five and Miles has, uh, he has something called mosaic Down syndrome where not all of the cells in his body have trisomy 21 as the other kids do. So he's, he's a, he's a really rare little guy. Hmm. It's, it's a, he's yeah. a treat. Yeah. yeah. How did you so, get there? I mean, because you guys have adopted, these are adopted, these weren't, yeah. aren't, aren't biological. So you made a choice yeah. to bring these kids into your home and to raise them up as your own. And how did you, yeah. what, how, how, what, what was, what was going on in your life? What oh. was, how did God lead you to that place? It, it was, it was a long road. Um, we, we basically, as, as we, as we learned that we were going to struggle to have our own children biologically. Okay. Uh, Lisa has always wanted to have 13 children. I don't know why. She's always wanted to have yeah, 13 kids. Yeah, you were saying kids. she like, she's like had a dream oh. since she was a, a young girl. Yeah, you guys are almost there. Uh, but but she's wanted to have 13, and she's always wanted to adopt. And when we learned that we were going to struggle to have our own, we just simply very easily, very or organically shifted into the adoption world. Mm -hmm. And then our prayer became, okay, Lord, you, you just bring us the children that you want us to have and then equip us mm -hmm. to do whatever that, mm -hmm. you know, takes. And it was two weeks after we were approved to, uh, to begin searching that Bryson came to our home and um, we yep. were off to the races. Is somebody brought him to your home? Is that, am I, you were telling me a story about your kids. So I'm not sure if I'm remembering if this is the right yeah. story. Well, it was... That's Miles's story. Okay, that's our right. okay. that's our youngest. Yeah. Where I may have said the words that it'd be nice if if the Lord wants us to adopt again. The home studies were complete. They were done. We were done, and Lisa felt like we were supposed to go to China. And I may have said the words, you know, if He wants us to adopt again, it would be great if He would just bring him to our door. And then two weeks later, he said, "All right." Literally, this little two week old baby boy was actually delivered to our front door. Ask and you it shall receive. It was wild. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a challenging road. There are, there are challenging days. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's always good. Um, there are, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of people look at kids that have Down syndrome and think that they're happy all the time. And they okay. are, and, and, and they are okay. to a degree. There's a lot, there's a lot of stubbornness. There's a lot of, um, that old thing called the sinful nature mm -hmm. in there. And man, they are, human. yeah, they are, they're little corkers at times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's a joy. Well, what keeps you going or, you know, what people ask us all the time is like, how do you do it? And mm -hmm. I, I don't think they're always asking like technically, how do you do it? Right. I mean, you know, we talk about that stuff all the time, but right. like, like, whoa, how do you do it? <laughs> and, you know, I, I see those choices. I mean, we've got our own set of circumstances and a large family and the things we've taken on. And I go, but man, I can never do what you do. And yet you have a heart and God's equipped you and Lisa to do what you guys are doing. So I guess, how do you do it from, from that heart side? And, and, and maybe there's logistics in there too, but right. You know, um, well, number one, what, what, yeah, Lisa is a, she is a in, incredible uh, systems, uh, you know, task oriented. She just gets it done. And from the heart side, um, 
back when back when we were beginning our adoption journeys mm -hmm. with our children, there was nobody really out there to learn from and to be able to, you know, to to you know just simply grab a hand and say, hey, hey, I, you know, I need half an hour and just ask you some questions. Um, but we we got through, oh my goodness, we've made some crazy bad mistakes. Mm. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's where he has asked us to stand. And so we want to stand. We want to be there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. so how does that then dovetail into what you're doing for work mm -hmm. as a man in the world? Mm -hmm. um, you talk a lot about that in your work and you, you tie that into your homesteading life. So, so yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh, plain values and room to bloom. And did you always do that or where, I mean, somewhere I'm, I'm imagining there's a segue <laughs> of whatever you did or was doing to this life you're living, this homesteading life, yeah. taking care of these kids. And now you're inspiring other people um, through publishing a lot. Right. Um, how, how, how does that come together? Well, Lisa and I have always, just like you guys, we love books, we love magazines, we love all things in print. Mm -hmm. And and um, about 12, 13 years ago, it, it actually came out of our daughter being in the hospital. She was born, uh, she had some issues, she was in the NICU for almost two months. Uh, we almost lost her a few times. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, okay, this could get very expensive. And so uh, just, you know, just simply from, just, from a very short-sighted sure, view. Well, practical dad, we're worried about how we're going to provide it, and how we're going to. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that. that was the initial phase of my prayer. And then a few things were said as far as, you know, some clients and, and, you know, some friends of mine. And I thought, wait a second, there's an idea in there. And so we, we uh, ran a couple tests and here we are 12 years later. And uh, it's been it's been good today. Uh, today we actually reach uh, probably around forty seven thousand households every month okay. with uh, with yeah some. So so what's the mission with Plain Values then? We, what's this all about? We are all about uh, we're all about faith centered, uh, simple living, and and encouraging folks to believe that it's still possible in twenty twenty three. You know, there's so many things still, still possible to have faith-centered, simple living. Right. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's so easy with the iPhone and all of the digital things going on. It's easy, or at least it was for me, to get sucked into um, just all things digital and social and all of that stuff. And I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of social media myself. Yeah. Um, but, but it is a great tool. But yeah, so from the print side, it, it is a lot of distraction. There's a lot of distraction yeah. in this world. Yeah. And I was just reading something about, you know, um, gosh, what was the other word? Distraction can be as bad as like discontent or just, just there can be just so much distraction that can get yeah. us off track. It's as bad as maybe some more blatant wrongs or moral right. faults that we can have, yeah. you know, or, or, or struggle with. And yet distraction in this world can be, it really get us off the rails. Yeah. It's easy to do it today more than ever. And yeah. uh, I, I, you know, some of the stories that, that we hear from our readers talking about just simply the joy of getting a magazine in the mail, looking forward to it and sitting down and just simply reading a print magazine. People tell us all the time that they love 
holding something with paper. Mm -hmm. And I think today there's actually a lot of evidence that says you learn and you retain, you, you actually learn better in print than you do on a tablet, on a... Interesting. Yeah. So... But that goes with my gut. I'm always like, I resist the Kindles. You know, they're cool. It's nice. You can pack some books into a nice little package, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. But man, I just, I want to hold it in my hands. Yeah. And I didn't know there was scientific evidence that there might be. Yeah. That yeah, might please actually... Please don't ask me to, to well, yeah, no, no. Well, from, like I said, might yeah. there, there might be. It sounds like so. So, I mean, I'm yeah. familiar with the magazine, and I love the stories. A lot of people here that I know well. I mean, Sean and Beth Doherty, who are friends of mine, and mm -hmm. and Joel Salatin and Melissa K. Norris, and so I'm very familiar with a lot of these yeah. uh, folks that are regular uh, contributors in here. So, but but what are they talking about? What are people going to find? Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, in plain values. Well, yeah. we have we have a huge mix. There's a big variety of, of, of topics that we cover every month. We have uh, a lady by the name of uh, Faree Hardy. She was widowed many, many years ago. Uh, my mom was widowed. Pop died about 12 years ago. And a few years into that, all of a sudden I looked around and I went, there's a lot of widows. They mm. are everywhere. And I mm. dug into it and there's not a lot of good material for widows. Yeah. And so as we thought and kind of prayed through that, um, that column, Faree's column, is one of our most popular columns. She talks about loss. Yeah. She talks about grief Things. and and just working through some of the hardest parts of life. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, a good friend of mine um, had to bury their nine-year-old uh, daughter a few years ago. Mm. And it, it's those things are are just incredibly hard and and i think to be able to have a chance to to link arms with with a family that's going through a hard time mm -hmm. and be able to pray for them and talk with them and just just let them know that they are cared for you know that they're yeah. not alone it's it's a big deal yeah it's a big deal so that's that's only one column i'm sorry um there are there are many other columns. We we talk about uh, faith. Uh, we we often mm -hmm. have a story in there of a biblical ministry being done all around the world. Uh, we often have uh, a column in there from a young lady in Tennessee that grew up and 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 was a a sincere atheist, okay. and then uh, and then actually found the Lord. Uh, so she writes about that. There's just a huge mix. Uh, Rory Feek actually writes mm -hmm. for us about the you know his. His homesteading life, his yeah, journey yeah. there on Hardison Mill. Just enjoying his article last month on uh, his journey into the garden there. Yeah. In the yeah. back. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that I really love about it in, in what you're talking about and, and sharing people's different struggles, but is doing it in the in the homesteading context. There's not, not a lot of material today. I mean, there's a lot of material talking to homesteaders. Right. But viewing life's struggles and viewing and talking about the things that we all deal with, but in the framework of a life that we're trying to live, because there's just not a lot of people, there's not a lot of content, a lot of material that's right. exploring that just, you know, that. And so that that's what I see in here, what I enjoy if I, I'm reading in here and I might be reading, I mean, Joel Salton's talking about soil here. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten all the articles in this current one, but but yet it's diving deeper in, into the life that we live and the things we're struggling with or striving right. towards. And that's a connection that I don't, I, I can't think of seeing anywhere else 
yeah. uh, that you're bringing to the table in this discussion that, that bridges real life today, but approaching it from, you know, uh, simple values, faith-driven yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are many many uh, times that we'll get emails from readers, and they just talk about how much they look forward to the different columnists and the different stories. And and I get asked all the time, Josh. I get asked all the time, Marlon. How in the world do you find all these great stories? Because you know we we've shared some incredible stories of adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, some incredible stories of you know kids with special needs that go through the mill and come out on the other side, or or sometimes actually don't. Yeah. But to be able to to talk about life, you know, from a from an authentic, faith centered uh, way, it it has just been a real joy. And then to be able to 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 bring our community together, and and you know, oftentimes I'll learn of a need, and I get to share that need and. Bam, they are. I mean, our, our readers are so generous and so giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can tell a quick story. Mm-hmm, please do. Uh, uh, we had, um, just over the last couple of months, we have been able to raise more than $20,000 for a young lady who has wow. some some tissue. Uh, boy, forgive me. I don't remember the name of, of, her, of her disorder, but she's blind. She is confined to a wheelchair and they didn't have a vehicle that could that could help her get out of the house. And okay. they found the vehicle. It was a sixty thousand dollars vehicle because of all the modifications, no, yeah, you know, that it yeah, needed. I'm familiar with that. And yeah. so our, you know, we put it out there and just, you know, very humbly ask. And our readers gave more than twenty thousand dollars, and we were able to wow. help them cross Amazing. that line. And they got the, you know, they got the van. And it's been a, it's been a real joy to yeah. just watch her, just you know, kind of bloom again and be able to get out. Well, and that so, that ties into uh, room to bloom. And yeah. and I, I think you it, you talk about it in the pages here. Um, tell us about what you're doing with Room to Bloom. This is something that I, I really want people to know about. I think there's uh, people in our audience that will both you know resonate with it and and want to know more just from being inspired themselves to people that I'm sure would want to help and participate yeah. in that way. So so tell us about Room to Bloom and sure. what you're doing. Um, so years and years ago when as as we began the magazine, I would I would bring these needs in front of our uh, readers, okay. and like I said, they would they would respond and they would give. Oftentimes, you know, they they would send uh, checks and cash. I mean, we've seen envelopes of a thousand dollars, you know, go through the mail, you know, to Texas and and to DC, and then they'd also send blankets and boots and just all kinds of great things. Mm-hmm. And it and it started to to kind of you know work its way into the back of my my head that our readers are trusting us and they are responding let's let's take that to the next level and one of the stories that that I often share is before we did anything with the magazine I I made the offhand comment to Lisa I said you know I don't care what happens if this works I I just want to see the Lord use our work to bring one child with Down syndrome to his or her forever family through adoption. Mm-hmm. And, and many people don't know, but, but if you are a child with a Down syndrome diagnosis or, or any of the other things, you know, epilepsy or spina bifida or, or you know, CP, and you are stuck in an orphanage over in the other side of, you know, on the other side of the world, um, if you're not adopted out of those, 
those places okay. by five or six years old, sometimes seven, they will transfer those children into adult mental institutions. And inside a year, 90% of them are dead. Hmm. And wow. when, I, when I learned that from some friends of ours, Lisa and I both said, we, we can do something here. We can, we can help. And so we, we uh, founded Room to Bloom. It's a 501c3. Hmm. And it is, it is there expressly to bring awareness and support to families that have children with Down syndrome and other special needs. But it's also there to help families actually do and be able to afford the whole process of adopting. It, it, is, it is not abnormal you know, for, for an overseas adoption to cost 50, 60, 80,000 dollars. And sometimes when people are called, they they start looking around and saying, "Okay, Lord, how do we, you know, you you got to help us here." So, we love to shovel money into those adoptions. And I will finish that quick story about the about the thing that I said. Today, we have helped more than 27 or 28 different kids okay. come home to their families. In wow. fact, there's a family right now in Bulgaria with their new son. I just got an email the other day. Wow! So it's 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 such a joy. That's to, amazing to get to partner with people and to offer the opportunity for other people yeah. to partner. Is this a? I don't know much about this world. Yeah. Um. And but it seems like it's a it's a growing world. More there's more need, but it seems like there's more people engaging and being willing yeah. to uh, adopt kids with special needs. And that's that's a really interesting dichotomy or or happening over the last couple of years, because when COVID happened, many, many countries shut down. They, mm -hmm. you know, they just locked their doors. Yeah. You, you're not coming or going. You, you couldn't do squat. Right. And, and, you know, some of those families actually were, were in a situation where they lost the child uh, that they were, they were you know, cut off, essentially. yeah, that they couldn't go get them. Yeah. You know, you know, some of those were going to travel next week and, you know, the door goes shut and yeah. they just, you know, they were, they were uh, stuck. Um, Forgive me, you you asked me a question. Well, yeah, bridging just just thinking about um, the amount of special needs is that increasing? Like, are there more and more kids right. with these various special needs that are are needing help? So, are, right. are we seeing an increase? I don't really know. I don't know much about this world. And are 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 we seeing a, a, a if that's true? And maybe it's not. Are we seeing a response? Are we needing more people to respond? Yeah. We are. Yeah. Uh, they they are. It. I mean, it's definitely ticked up in the right direction from when we began. Mm -hmm. You know, 15 years ago, um, adopting. But there are fewer and fewer adoptions happening because of the countries locking their doors. Okay. And so it's it's a bit of a pickle because there's many families out there that are willing and able to go, but the children are are becoming actually becoming kind of harder to find. And that's still that's still true today? Are doors still closed or is it open back up a bit? I just talked to a friend of mine who helps with many, many adoptions every year. And he told me that it is beginning 2023. They're expecting those numbers to rise again. So just because of the doors opening. Yeah. 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 All of yeah. the COVID things are kind of going away slowly. Uh, it's yeah, it is. It is trending in the right direction. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So is this, are the incidences you think in increasing, is there more of these kids? I mean, not just like access wise, 
Right. But like in society and what's happening, is th is this something that's going to continue to grow, do you think, or is growing, you know? That, um, that's a great question. And I don't know if I have a good answer yeah, okay. for you there. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we know the need is real. It is. And you're filling uh, a gap and connecting people and resources and... Yeah. Uh, bridging that gap to get these kids home. Yeah. Well, we're doing the best we can. Cared for. Yeah. yeah. Trying to stand where he asks us to stand. Absolutely. So you're, you're just doing some really neat things. And, and another thing I want to talk about before we run out of time today is the schoolhouse. You're building a, I don't know, an old schoolhouse. What do you call it? A, a, a Laura Ingalls style. A, is that, you know, 1800 style, the way we yeah. used to do education before yeah. the public education, the way we did it in this country. Right. You're going back to something like that. You're building one on your property, I understand. So tell yeah. us, I'd love to know what's going on. Well, that there. that is the big project on, on our, our little place right now. Um, excuse me. Um, so our children need to learn alongside kids like your children. Mm -hmm. uh, because our, our family, uh, we, we don't have uh, a neurotypical, so emotionally right. well-adjusted child. So as, you know, we've been homeschooling all these years. Lisa, mm -hmm. you know, has her master's in education. She was a teacher for 10 years. Okay. Uh, and then Adelaide was born. She resigned the next day. And she's always loved the one-room schoolhouse. And it's interesting because we live in Amish community surrounded by hundreds of one-room schoolhouses. Okay. But our yeah. children are not, you know, they, our kids can't go there, can't go right? Those, yeah, yeah, our children can't go there. And so we started thinking and praying through that. And all of a sudden, my beloved wife found the bones of an 1850 one-room schoolhouse that a guy had saved the day before it was going to be burned down. Wow. And so we we took a leap of faith and we bought it and we trucked it up from Cincinnati area. And we are right now uh, actually in the process of rebuilding that the old, you know, the old, um, Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. What, what's it called uh, with the, the beams and, and the pins and there's a name oh, for it. I'm sorry. You're talking like old timber frame. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah it's the old, an old timber frame structure. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be rebuilt. Yeah. And then we are going to actually have, an old one-room schoolhouse on our property. Uh, we want to have up to about 12 children in there. Okay. Uh, it's going to be probably half and half special needs to not having special needs mm -hmm. uh, for that you know that uh, you know that stated purpose above. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. In the know, in varied ages, like the old yes schoolroom model. Yes. Yeah. There's something wonderful being able to have the older children you know, pour into the younger children. They learn better. It's, it's just a, a yeah. wonderful mesh. Uh, Lisa and I have spent a fair amount of time uh, on Rory's farm down in Tennessee, and we had followed, you know, all of their journey. Mm. And when Lisa walked onto their, onto their homestead, she started crying. And she said, this is exactly what our family needs. Wow. And yeah. So, and you guys good. are able to do it. God's providing that that dream for her. Yeah, and it's a. I think it's a beautiful picture of education, and, and in your circumstance, you know, um, engaging and and rearing, raising, you know, these kids with special needs, but getting out of the silo a little bit. 
Yeah. There's got to, there's, I'm excited to watch the story unfold there yeah. uh, as that comes together and, and you, you get a community built in the school and, and the school right. functioning, what that's going to do for people. And there's a huge yeah. benefit for the other kids that are coming. Oh my goodness. You know, and, and I'm sure you deal with, again, I don't know a lot about this world, but I imagine you deal with people feeling uncomfortable in how to handle the kids. Yeah. You know? And so that bridges that. That's going to help other kids know how to respond to your mm. kids. Besides yeah. learning together, there's a lot of just social implication yeah. right there that I think is really impactful and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so my dad had, his youngest sister had Down syndrome. And mm. Pop always, he would meet every family he could that had a child with Down syndrome. And so many times he would get the chance to talk and he would share with other folks who who had not experienced life with a you know someone in the family with down syndrome and he would always say it it makes a great family it doesn't take a great family it makes a great family yeah. and everybody everybody gets better as a person you know you 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 have more grace you have more it it, it just is so good yeah. it just makes for a better person yeah so. Well, I'm going to be excited to watch that journey, not just from that side. I, I've wondered for a while for us having been on a homesteading, a homeschooling journey. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got nearly 12 right. kids in our household of right. all ages that kind of <laughs> mimics that. But it's it's challenging. It's challenging to run. It's been challenging for Carolyn and some of the girls are getting older and they now help and help teach yeah. so that you have. But, but that's what that old schoolhouse model did. Right. And it's something I've thought a lot about in the um home just schooling education that we do we've, we've taken it out of the public education which mm-hmm. i think is great i think that has a lot of failures and a lot of faults um and i think we've been very successful in a lot of ways but i think there's also challenges yeah that that the the small schoolhouse could meet and still provide the type of education the type of socialization yeah that we want um, but in a slightly different context than what we think of as, as homeschooling today. And I, right. I don't really know what that looks like, but it's something I've been thinking about. It's something I've been thinking about just as our kids get older and have kids. And, and yeah. I facilitate a model where they can work together to educate the kids so that everybody aren't what we've been doing in the modern homeschooling context is generally homeschooling in your home here, 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 wherever. And then, yeah, you come together for certain things. Right is there a way to come together, but not go back to the institutional public model? Right. So you've got a twist on that version with what you're doing, but I think that's just, I think it's going to be, I'm going to be really interested to follow the journey. Yeah. Just on that. It's it. I think it's going to be a blast. You know, we, we, we really want to have our children, you know, doing chores. There's going to be, you know, goats and chickens and everything else to take care of and, and just have, you know, bare feet in the mud and just, you know, be, just we we want to set them free to be children yeah. and just go learn and play outside. Yeah. So wow, yeah. very very awesome. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time, and you know I want to suggest that you guys, you know, I want you to go check out Plain Values, and and uh, it's a magazine we all enjoy. And 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 again, Marlon, you know, as you see, we're talking is just bringing the why and bringing some of the things that people struggle with maybe quietly in life, right? Because you know we don't have a lot of people to relate to or they don't relate you know they might relate to some of the the issues of life but not in our context and, mm-hmm. and you're bringing this discussion to a context that a lot of us are living in and and, and struggling through and thinking through and need some inspiration and need the yeah. why well it's been a real joy 
to watch these people out, you know, out there, many of whom I will never meet. Yeah. But they they're becoming a community. And I, it, it's just been a real, a real treat. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how can people, we'll get some links, you mm-hmm. know, in here in the description. Um, so, but where can people reach out to you or right. to Plain Values if they want to know more or, or can they reach out to you directly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can go to plainvalues.com for the magazine. Uh, our, our nonprofit's website is roomtobloomfoundation.org. So plainvalues.com. There you go. And uh, yeah. And we'll, and we'll get those links for you down below too. Marlon, it's been great Thank hanging you. out with you today. Thanks all you guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.